Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker! In honor of John Wick Chapter 4, what's your most memorable kill in action cinema? Uh, I'm Katie Rich, and before we started recording, I was trying to think of deaths in Mad Max Fury Road, and mostly can only think of parts where people don't die and how crazy it is. Uh, but then Dave reminded me that at the end, Morton Joe gets his mask uh, caught in a wheel. It's pretty cool. So I'm going with that. I am Matt Patches. I'm going to go with the moment in Commando, where Arnold Schwarzenegger's character, John Matrix, throws a pipe through a bad guy into some other steam pipes, and steam starts coming out of the pipe. So John Matrix says, let off some steam, Bennett. His name is John Matrix. <laughs> yes, it is. It's pretty great. Oh. Uh, I'm David the Seven. I'm going with the chest burster in Aliens. That is the sequel, not the the John Hurt chest burster. Uh, but mostly because my mom would fast forward through that uh, part for like the first half dozen times I saw that movie. So by the time I did see it, I was absorbing it and very scared. You know, it's the only scene I remember my parents like fast forwarding through like an iconic thing is the uh, sex scene in Jerry Maguire. Oh, <laughs> I don't know why Jerry Maguire was on. Like, whereas you sat your kids down it. to watch that and said, we are not. I fast did. Absolutely. This part. This are is you, part of the film. I said, this uh, is this is what people do. Are you sure it's not the sex scene in Top Gun? Because that happened to me. No, because because it's like a standing up sex scene in Jerry Maguire. Like, I remember, uh, like, clearly the like fast forwarding lines on it. I feel like the texting in Top Gun is pretty, like, low-key compared to that. Eh, maybe. That's where I discovered what French kissing was because they'd stick their tongues out <laughs> at each other. And, okay, next, next week's slightly round question will be best kills in rom-coms. Oh, yeah, best kills in rom-coms. <laughs> best tongues. <laughs> best tongues. Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. Fine, I can hear you now, Dimitri. Clear and plain and coming through fine. I'm coming through fine, too, eh? Good, then, well, then, as you say, we're both coming through fine. Good. Well, it's good that you're fine, then, and I'm fine. I agree with you. It's great to be fine. It's, it's a podcast. podcast. Hello, and welcome to Fighting in the War Room, uh, episode 424.8. Our decimals are really going to start getting arcane, aren't they, if we're already at eight here. Come back, David. Uh, or David can come back and we can do the quarter quell, one or the other. Uh, it's pandemic 163. It is the week of Wednesday, March 22nd. That's the day that in 1957 all shook up. A single released by Austin Butler. Oh, no. Elvis. Yeah, the by real Elvis. Elvis. Thank you for fixing released. that sentence while you read it. That's, uh, that's professional podcasting right there. Uh, exactly. Just doing it on the fly. Um, I'm back from the Oscars. I hope people enjoyed my bleary voicemail. I sort of remember what I said. It was very early in the morning. I was not drunk. I was just tired. Um, but I'm back. Hi guys. How'd it go? Were you good? We have a midnight carpet stream. I couldn't watch that because I was also falling asleep from how boring the Oscars were. (laughs) Oscars were great. Whatever. Um, no, it was great. It was only 9 p.m. Pacific time, and I'd been there long enough that it didn't feel like it was the middle of the night. Um, and you know, I talked to like uh, uh, Cheryl Lee Ralph, who was wearing who had like oh, eyeshadow matching her makeup. From Abbott she Elementary, was, is that what she? Did? Yeah, oh. she was amazing. And then Gigi Hadid showed up to talk to her, and like glamorous. It was, it was cool. Hollywood. Everyone can still watch it. It's on YouTube. Go relive it all the relive moments on YouTube if you want to. You yeah, <laughs> everyone after should go relive my broadcast after this <laughs> podcast. Uh, how are we doing? Do we have any reviews? We do. I think we have uh, two new reviews. Uh, this first one is five stars it's from someone called Akapa, and it is titled Plucked Violin Beat That Absolutely Dumps. 
I'm Lynn Tatar, and I'm here to say symphony's the genre that I like to play. If you're young and you're hot and you play a mean cello, hit me up. I'll make you an accordion fellow. That's the review. Loved that. Uh, I love yeah, it. No notes. Five stars right back. Uh, perfect. Lynn Tatar. Perfect use. Uh, this next one is from Robert Frost. Love it. Robert. Um, five, five stars. Uh, Saved my life is the title. Uh, after the Irish genocide at this year's Oscars, hashtag stop Irish hate. Jesus. I wasn't sure I wanted to live. In fact, I knew there was nothing for me left on this earth except for Rick and Morty, the movie fans to consume my flesh like they did in that forgettable HBO series. Us is last. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> but the mellifolious tones from gold standard professional broadcasters and notorious great voice havers, Katie Rich and Matthew Patches, made me realize that not only is there plenty to live oh, for, Dave. it's actually pretty great. Dave, hey. the, Dave the Seven was also there. Five stars. <laughs> Damn. Well, Dave, I appreciate it. I that. mean, you know, five stars. It's Robert, still five Robert stars. Robert Frost. Yeah. I, I, love, I, love a, I love a Robert. I feel like we need more Roberts. Robert? <laughs> Robert. Robert. Like Robert. bra, but Bert. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, that's our reviews. You could leave reviews, uh, on the iTunes podcast app. That's where we can read them. If you're in America, if you're outside America or have other things you would like us to read when we don't have reviews, so we don't talk about weird mobile games, you could email us at fitwr.podcast at gmail.com. But no worries about that. We don't need to talk about Marvel Snap or Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes. That's it. That was the reviews. Thanks for sending it in. On with the show. Anyway, uh, not important. Let's talk about uh, this. Let's talk about this. So, that is not the theme. That oh. is not the theme. Wait, what? Is, oh. I mean, we are talking about a, a super assassin that is uh, currently in a serialized series of films, which could apply to D Daniel Craig's James Bond, but it doesn't. Instead, we're talking about Keanu Reeves' John Wick series, the fourth installment which we are not talking about today, comes out this weekend. And in honor of it, we asked Katie Rich if she'd seen the John Wick. And she said no. <laughs> and we attempted, and I think successfully, to get her to at least watch the first movie in the franchise, the self-titled John Wick, which introduced us to a character <laughs> named John, John Wick. John Wick wrote and we all know that John Wick wrote and directed John Wick. Yeah, absolutely. He had to tell a story about how he copes with the loss of his wife. And how it was almost with a puppy, but became through murder. Katie, mm. what did you think of John Wick? Uh, I see why people were into it. It came out in 2014. <laughs> is that when John yes, Wick started? Yes, yeah. Yes. Uh, it was there were just interesting like 2014 thing, 14 things. Like I didn't really know who was even in the cast. So every new scene, I was like, is that? And it's like it usually is because it's just got a gazillion characters, act, who, character actors who made in it. You go that like, hey, it's that person. Uh, Alfie Allen. I was just like, oh, is that Alfie Allen? I was like, no, this is like peak Game of Thrones, like uh, Theon. Like this would be exactly uh, the time that you would cast Alfie Allen as like a Russian, like shitty gangster, shitty son. Um, Clark Peters shows up for a hot second. Uh, Should have been in it longer. Um, Lance Reddick, obviously recently memorialized with John Wick 4. Um, so I enjoy a Wire reunion. Adrian Palicki. So like uh, Friday Night Light shows up in there for mm -hmm. a while. Um 
I feel like there was one other person who I might think of later. Um, Ian McShane. Love a bunch of uh, Ian McShane's in there. Uh, I recognize him immediately. Oh, and Bridget Moynihan as the dead wife. I'm like, did they really get her to just like be on a video? And they did. Uh, good one day of shooting. Good for her. Shoot her right out. Yeah, I mean, that, that's the thing show, about did, John Wick 1, which is, it's a pretty low budget movie. The little yeah, backstory about John Wick very 1 scrappy. is, I, I don't even, I, I had saw facts have been flying around in, in anticipation of, of chapter four coming out this week. But like, I remember this movie premiering at South by Southwest because it had no buzz. It was, Fantastic Fest. Fantastic or, oh, Fantastic Fest. Fest. Okay, excuse me. Um, oh, wow. But like, this movie was barely coming out until Lionsgate kind of swooped in. It was like, maybe we can make something out of this. Like, it was very much a low budget, independently produced action movie that that feels and still does. I have a lot to say on this, but like, it feels like direct to video action movies that have gained a lot of acclaim with action heads over the last decade, but like it, it could easily have gone straight to video and no one would have flinched. Keanu Reeves was not in a position of star power uh, when this movie Yeah, he came was out. sad Keanu at this point. Yeah, uh, and, and this yeah. movie swoops in and like does this down and dirty thing that is very familiar to people who watch direct to video action movies starring Scott Atkins, but like now we're doing it <laughs> on, a, on in movie theaters with like appeal to the mainstream. And in, and I think this first movie, I mean, Katie, you watched it most recently. It's it's not a big movie, right? Like, how do you feel about no. the scope and and the the tone? I mean, is it does it feel mainstream or does it feel peculiar? It doesn't feel direct to video. Not that I've watched a lot of direct video action movies. And I'm interested if you have and know better than me because it like it's got it nice photography, more, like all this Manhattan, than like that, for sure, of course. Yeah, like all these like drone shots in Manhattan skyline. It's building these sets, like the Red Circle Club, that is just gonna like beat the hell out of like it, and all these character actors who I just named. Like it has the feeling of a movie that people put care into, but I think the scrappiness is what's so appealing. I mean, maybe even more so now than in 2014. Like. You know, you see this after seeing uh, Ant-Man, which is a movie I haven't seen, the new one, but uh, the idea of watching something that's like pretty straightforward. It's like a guy wants to kill some guys and you're going to watch it happen in inventive ways. Um, the amount of guns, I think, I think this has been discussed before, like since 2014, I think the uh, some of our tolerance for watching a ton of guns has gone down some. So there's moments where I'm like, I wish that they would just like kick each other instead of guns in this scene. Um, but it's also impressive that there's like an undeniable like holy shit, I can't believe he did that, like, cheer moments of kills in this movie, um, kind of inspiring our lightning round question. Um, so he's, like, kind of gets down to the basics of what you want to see a movie do. I mean, Keanu barely talks in this movie. Like, he's so just, like, driven on a mission. And it's a weird, like, not a use of his charisma at all until maybe a couple of scenes, but it's compelling. It, like, it lets you follow, focus on the action more, I think. Yeah, hey, I... Yeah, where do you stand on this, on this movie and this <laughs> I mean, I think it's... I think it's really smart. If you're going to do the, I mean, the thing that feels direct to video about it, I think, is that we're so used to, or we're so used. Our generation is very used. We grew up during a period of time and went to like college during a period of time where we were still in the diehard on a blank period of pitching like an action movie. So mm. we have all these high concept hooks and it kind of felt like uh, old hitman has his dog killed by Russian gangsters was it hooky enough? So really what this movie is, is just based on the idea of an excuse for action sequences. It's directed by uh, Keanu, Keanu Reeves' old stunt double for The Matrix. Uh, so he sort of developed this, I guess we call it, we could call it gun kata sort of uh, way of 
mixing some traditional martial arts with uh, some uh, gunplay and uh, were able to shoot it well because they basically didn't do practical effects um, and everything's choreographed to make sure that those uh, seams on the story uh, aren't felt. It has great momentum because of its use of like cross-cutting of the legend of John Wick slash whatever he happens to be doing at the time whether he's swinging a sledgehammer or suturing himself. Um, I think it's uh, just really fun because it picks something that should seem low stakes, and, but we're never not on Keanu Reeves' side as he takes it mm-hmm. to these people right. in like horrible ways. We were talking about, on this week's Trial by Content, we were doing Best Revenge movies, and a lot of the other ones that came up are just... Not quite as fun, because in order to have, like, an unforgivable act, sometimes there's, like, weird racial violence, weird sexual violence, uh, like, that sort of thing. And it's a, a lot of those type of movies think that we want to see those sorts of things. John Wick does have a very traumatic puppy death, but it isn't labored upon. It's just the sort of thing that flips a switch in the audience where it's like, oh, yeah. Now I'll watch this guy kill people with a pencil if he wants to. Like, go get him. Like, go. Well, I, I get, and also Alfie Allen being like the unchallenged, like, uh, not even a sleaze bag, like just like punchable guy <laughs> who is powerful and doesn't deserve it. And you want to like punch him, like get him down to his level and then kill him. Like he he really had the market cornered. Yes, uh, he's like uh, what what is it? Uh, the 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 prince that stays behind uh the prince john he's like prince john and oh, yeah. fucking robin hood where yeah. he, think, he thinks he's on top of it all but it's only because dad isn't paying attention and by the time dad starts paying attention he's already done the thing that is probably going to get him killed uh so i i love that this the response to what happens when you kill john wick's puppy is you you will die screaming besides your son as John Wick yells uh, at him. So I really think it's just a tight 101 minutes. <laughs> I really like this singular story. The sequels build out a little bit on the world building, which is very specific in John Wick to keep it streamlined and sort of uh, expands at the seams of that in weird ways uh, for me. So I'm very interested when I finally see John Wick 4 uh, that I've heard is three hours long. Uh, what, oh, we're, what we're doing for three hours but this like is a tight like 100 110 minutes and i'm just with it all the way i want to see keanu reeves deliver uh, uh, shots to the head all day it's so funny that you say that because yeah. uh the first john wick reminds me of star wars on some level where it's like yeah. there does seem to be a whole world going on the continental the, mm-hmm. the assassins mm-hmm. guilds and whatnot and yeah the, more, the coins and the coins and you owe me well you owe me a life is from Man of Tai Chi, uh, Keanu's, Keanu Reeves' movie. Um, but like, there's a whole world out there, and the, and the other movies start getting there and maybe go even too far to a like, convoluted way. Um, not that I think it, I was just watching John Wick 3, uh, Parabellum, again, and my... Still don't know why it's called Parabellum. I may never that, find out. Well, Ian McShane does say the phrase Parabellum at some point, so that's why. Mm. Um, but those movies like dunk your head in the mythology it's all about like oh in two you've accidentally killed someone in well not accidentally he kills someone in the in the continental and that's a no-no you're excommunicado there's all this like language and there's a whole desk operating that like stamps papers and presses buttons on old 80s style computers and 
Oh, so it's like the Star Wars prequels where it's like, do you want more bureaucracy from this world? Yeah, yeah. 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 But it's it's never it's never overload, but it does feel like they could just pull back the curtain. I think that what what Derek Colstan, the the kind of orchestrator of this franchise uh, from a world building standpoint, he's had a story credit on all of them, has worked on the scripts. He was the guy who came up with the original John Wick's spec script. Um, I think he's been careful about like, how far they go. It's not full Phantom Menace, let's explain everything that how and we got here, kind of prequely set up. But there is a mythology there, and you get a taste of it in John Wick, and that there's slow drips in each sequel to, to get there. But but John Wick is really I'm struck by something that um the director, Chad Holisky, who it's amazing he's still on number four. Like, whereas his collaborator, oh god. What is the what Derek or no Derek Colson's a writer? Who's the guy? Who's the other stunt guy who made John Wick? Uh, who went David, off to do Deadpool two? David Like David Like yeah. He he did a Fast and the Furious movie after this. He or the spinoff Hobbs and Shaw. Like he went off and did other movies. And Chad has just been like, I make the John Wick movies. I make the John Wick movies. And I and a testament to to that work. Um, like it's he's he's created this relationship with Keanu Reeves. It's like directing. Gene Kelly movies. I don't want to sound like a hack Ruxo brother here making lowbrow, <laughs> highbrow comparisons, but can we say Gene Kelly and Keanu Reeves in the same breath when we're talking about gun fu and dance and like thinking about these movies as dance movies and calculating each one to prioritize action and momentum and where the camera's going to be? And I, I was struck by watching number three again that like this movie is just as much about putting John Wick in like a mirror room with lights and playing with photography as it is about whatever the hell is going on with the Continental and how being an assassin in this guild when you cross the wrong people works. Like it's all enmeshed in it. But at the end of the day, it is about visual sensation in the beginning and the end. And the thing that Chad has always said, and if you listen to like the commentaries on these movies, he emphasizes that uh, I was talking to someone his quote is I'm paraphrasing here, but he says like, I don't believe there's any separation between action and story, and that's not something every director believes, and it feels really true. And Katie, my earlier point about like what you might not realize with direct-to-video action, why it's becoming more revered now, is because Hollywood gives us more spectacle movies. I feel like we've talked about this on the podcast a lot. Like, hard to call a Marvel movie an action movie at this point. Like, maybe Shang Chi, and like if every Marvel movie is dipping into a different genre. Shang-Chi is the action movie and everything else like an Ant-Man is not an action movie. It's a spectacle movie, but DTV is like where action is happening. It's where Scott Adkins and other choreographed fight performers go to play. Um, and you get it in kind of a raw form action forward action is drama. And weirdly, John Wick is like the franchise for that. No one has done it. Are there movies? This is my big question for you guys. Are there movies like John Wick? that have ridden the wave of John Wick? Like, there's some imitators, uh, like Atomic Blonde, but that's mm. coming from Leitch, I think. Da- David Leitch directed Atomic Blonde. It's all the same people. I mean, there are, like, the John Wick, yeah, expanded universe of people who worked on it, plus Ballerina, which is the John Wick Don't get Wick me started world. about fucking Ballerina, which is going to be directed by Len Weissman? This is the guy? <laughs> this is not the guy. I'm sorry. This I, I'm so mad. Hey, it's already been shot. It's too late to complain about it. I know. It. <laughs> uh, but I do think 
this feels more of akin to a uh where Macquarie Cruz has landed yep. with Mission Impossible is because they're like, we're going to make up our story based on our sequences that we want to do. And as long as the sequences are something that are propulsive and exciting, you guys will eat up whatever we say in between the sequences. That's how John Wick and Mission Impossible works for me. Uh, I think maybe some of uh, the Daniel Craig Bond tried to do that, but they got too sucked into having a continuity, I think, for that to actually work. Uh, but yeah, I mean... There's yeah you said talked about Atomic Blonde. There was that Bob Odenkirk one. Nobody, uh, but there's a whole uh, Tamor. What's his name? Who did Wanted? You know mm. uh, his Mambatov. Oh, thank you. I'm not gonna get that <laughs> one right. But um, he has a whole mini empire too that's happening in the shadows. And this guy who did Hardcore Henry, he did Nobody. Um, mm. and I'm pretty sure there was a Hulu movie uh, called The Princess where it was another like. Kind of, oh yeah, the castle, the yes, castle where she's one. fighting down the the steps of the castle tower. Um, I think that's all coming from the Russian side of this, which I don't really associate with John Wick. It feels again kind of like imitation. It feels like we'll get a certain type of spectacle director to make this. There's been some Netflix movies that are like this as well. Um, there was a movie Kate with Mary Elizabeth Winstead, but again, we're getting like visual effects people. To direct these movies um the only real comparison is extraction that russo brothers produced mm. movie which is another stunt guy his name is is slipping from my mind but um like that that is a stunt guy making a movie and uh rick Rauman wog who did a bunch of gerard butler movies he did snatch with the rock which is actually a really good movie um he's like the only other comparison and i'm fascinated that john wick has just blown up into such huge blockbustery proportions and yet it doesn't seem like hollywood has learned the lesson at all which is get people who care about the action like don't people want to see the gene kelly of gun fu do moves for three hours the, the difference between john wick and some of the movies we're talking about is the john wick movies are consistently being exponentially profitable like each one's making more you know so even if we have like a right. one-off that does okay, the the track record is get Keanu Reeves in a John Wick movie. But they've never found uh, another Chad Seleski to do it, is my point here. Like, the, the sauce isn't there. And maybe Keanu is just a one-of-a-kind one performer. You can't replicate Wick because it is what Keanu Reeves does, and you couldn't replicate a Gene Kelly. You couldn't just make dance movies and musicals forever because... It was all imitation yeah. to the master. I mean, it's got a good alchemy because a lot of these movies are, you know, former stunt people stepping up into directing. And it's a like fine pipeline because almost all the stunt sequences now are shot and edited first by the stunt team before they're even like put together on set. So if you're able to sort of pipe that process over. But I do think it is an alchemy where it's like you have to know how much of that balances with story and you have to have a Keanu Reeves that's just like not only can be on screen and just be charismatic without saying anything, but is willing to do the training to make it a dance. I uh, like all the other movies I think are like, you know, wanted, for example, perfectly fine time at the movies. Do never want to see a sequel. But again. it does have a lot of looms, yeah. which John Wick does not. It does not. John it Wick does. does not have magic looms. <laughs> does not have looms. It has gold nope. coins, not magic looms. 
I like and a markers. gold coin. You are, Katie hasn't gotten to the markers yet, but there's also markers. No. I heard he killed three guys with a pencil, though. He yeah. did, yeah. You get to see that in number two. To kind of wrap up in our, our John Wick hype cycle here, before we see four, and we'll probably... Are you going to see four, Dave, this week? Are we going to talk about it next week? Not to I will on the spot about definitely see it before next week. Right. The question is, do I see it on Thursday really early? But yeah, no, I, I'm willing to talk about John Wick 4 a little bit next week. Here's my question for you, Katie, to, to wrap up. I You mentioned this. I find... This is the weirdest thing about John Wick. The gun violence is actually reprehensible. It is, mm. it is astonishing to watch a man just run up to people and shoot them. And like viciously yeah. shoot them. In three, he's just, there's, there's a scene in the Continental. It's been vacated. A bunch of people in body armor are coming through. Who are these guys? They're bad. We know that. It, it doesn't matter who they are. And the less we see them, maybe the better for the, the, the action filmmaking. But the way that he has to kill them because they're wearing so much body armor is to grab, the, shoot them a bunch of times so they're like falling over, then grab them by the neck and shoot them in the fucking head. It's pretty mm -hmm. awful. But yeah. I can't. But you like these movies anyway. That's the thing. Like I find it on if I step away and start thinking about John Wick, I find it really damaging. And the fetishization of guns is a horrible thing that we deal with in America. And yet I do like the John Wick movies. I find them unique, and I, I find them like vivid and and absorbing um so to your point because you also mentioned this i don't know how, how you feel if you feel that uh, dramatic about it as i do but you were also at a lost for like an action scene you could remember for a lightning round question so is there something that you enjoy like is there a specific scene in john wick having just watched it like that you were like oh damn um this is this is what action is all about or is it just like more violence yeah i mean the like i mean a lot of the scene at the red circle club kind of goes on for a long time but like you were talking about the photography in these movies when he's like shooting at alfie allen and he's shooting through these like clear what you realize are mirrors and they break and like it changes the way that you're seeing alfie allen as he's fleeing away there's just an artfulness to the way that that's presented and then the first scene in his house where all of these thugs show up and he kind of like dispatches them and he like pins down one guy with his arm while he shoots another one and then he comes back to the first guy like there's acrobatics involved in it um which i think is what makes it feel less reprehensible to me but i don't know if like the gun level just ramps up as the franchise goes on <laughs> what, does mm, it, Dave? i mean the reason the reason i didn't see parabellum that's the one i haven't seen yet and i'm rectifying that this week as well uh is because it came out in 2019 and i don't remember which uh national gun crisis we were having at that time but something had happened like the week before mm. and i was like you know what i don't want to see this week parabellum i mm -hmm. will catch it sometime when it comes around yeah. and i like the john wick movies that i see but i'm definitely hesitant to start it sometimes well, credit to them they've added more knife fighting in the the second and third installments i think really upped with the knives i don't know if that's a harder stunt to do on a lower budget than just have like gun squibs going off but there is more more knives and they don't have squibs. That's what I was talking about. Oh, it's great. All, it's right. uh, it's all digital. It's digital flashes. It's digital things. That's what sort of makes it feel also more dancey. And also they like do John anything. Wick. They don't have to rely on practical. Right. Right. And John yeah. Wick's the master of recoil because he doesn't actually have recoiled any of his shots. He's just that's how <laughs> badass his arm is. Katie, I will. Yeah, I will say this to, to truly wrap up. You should watch John Wick two chapter two because okay. You used to work at the World Trade Center area, and you still do when you I come still into the do town. Sometimes, but mm -hmm. there's a big fight in the Oculus. Oh yeah, I should watch that. 
You got to go down to the Oculus, the Apple store. Of that's, in the, that's in Manhattan. the second one? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and he gets sliced up, man. It is vicious. I mean, it's a bloody series. They filmed too. that while I was still working in that building. And it just like, didn't cross. They must have done it at night or something. Maybe you were well, in the Well, if you came out in 2017, that's the, was the year that I left. Oh. Yeah, it, started, it was filmed in 2015. If you or any listener uh, wants to catch up, all the John Wicks besides four are streaming on the Peacock. So John Wick it up for a three-hour John Wick this weekend. John Wick. Wick, 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 Wick. Do they say that? What? West. <laughs> Jim West. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I bless my soul, what's wrong with me? I'm itching like a man on a fuzzy tree. My friends say I'm acting wild as a bug. I'm in love. I'm all shook up. This next week, Yellow Jackets is coming back to television. What? Yellow is Jackets. That? <laughs> it is a Showtime show about a group of teenagers in the 90s. They're a sports team. I forget what sport at this point. Soccer. Soccer. They're a soccer team called the Yellow Jackets. They are taking a private plane to a match. It goes down in the Canadian wilderness. And uh, much like a series I very much enjoy uh, called Lost. Uh, what? We are, What's that? Uh, it, it's an it's a old ABC series. <laughs> uh, Before created my time. by this guy named J.J. Abrams. Uh, sure. He's the guy who brought Palpatine back, he made this show called Lost. Oh, somehow Palpatine returned? Yeah, I've heard it up. Uh, that's, that's basically how Lost ends, too. It's just Palpatine <laughs> comes back. <laughs> uh, Yellow Jackets is a split time where we are also looking at the adult versions of some of the survivors of this plane crash who have secrets uh, from their time in the woods. The first season reveals uh, that one of the teens is pregnant and that they eat people at some point uh because they are playing dress up i think patches i know katie's seen a couple of episodes of season two what i'm not gonna spoil anything i promise what do you remember as being uh like uh big big questions from yellow jackets the first season i uh, this is why i want to do this segment i don't remember anything about yellow jackets and i'm like (laughs) did this show just was this show good? Did it slip completely off my brain? I will say I watched this during my COVID stint in January, my Omicron uh, relationship. You watched the entire series? I think so. Or like, got I watched it all really fast too, episodes. which I think contributed to me also forgetting a lot of it. I think the binge model is really bad for memory retention. But I, I remember them all. I mean, at the very end, the one of the women has like an altar in her basement. Am I correct about this? She has secrets yeah. in her basement. Yeah, she chopped off her dog's head mm-hmm. and has like a secret altar. And, she, and, yeah. and she's been like Do we... uh, mildly threatening her son at night. Hold on. And eating dirt. Oh, wait, her son and is eating seeing dirt. Yeah. things. He's seeing ghosts. He's Haley Joel Osment. He's seeing, yeah, he's he, seeing he has like his night yeah. mom. Yeah, his yeah. Seeing night his mom? mom climbs into the tree outside his window and like looks Isn't it at him. Ta- it's Taisa. It's Taisa. Yeah, night. she's like ru- she's like running for uh, state senate. Why does she remember go there's a whole political? Do uh, we, we don't, don't know. She just does know. weird things at night, and we see it happen in the '90s timeline to the teenage version as well. So it's like something that's been with her a while. But it's one of the many 
Spooky yeah, that things. Spooky. I didn't even remember her. I don't know. Well, I'm really bad at names and television shows. Yeah, Certainly Patches, not. name three more Yellow Jackets characters. I can name some actresses. Melanie Lissett is <laughs> I have no idea. A girl from Mandalorian, that one episode. Um, I didn't know so that. Right now, is your girlfriend Mandalorian in it? I mean, all the young actors are really blowing up too good for them i'm, I'm really yeah. happy for everyone on, on yellow jackets i don't remember a damn thing i mean they're still in the woods right <laughs> uh c- confirm yes. deny based well, on episode one katie some of them are still in the woods in the past timeline that's a thing are they still going in, the woods, are they in a for cabin sure. were they living in a cabin or have they left that they were living reasons? in a cabin oh oh uh, that happened uh, one of the yeah, girls tried to fly a plane and tried to get yeah, out of there uh-huh. and it blew up mm-hmm. but wait, uh-huh. was it sabotaged by someone or was this an accident I mean, it uh, depends. It seems... when, uh, theories, theories. when do you think uh, a bear would catch fire if an engine caught fire? Is my I'm, memory I'm of actually that sequence. would love to know what Dave thinks about the supernatural elements of the Me show, too. having watched so much Lost, because like there is a like sense of like there's like weird carvings in the trees. You remember that part, or like and like maybe voices herring? in the woods. I mean, um, a... and then there's like a, oh like a the dead guy who in the cabin like his ghost has shown up a couple times. What? And then uh, that the bear walked season? out of the forest and allowed itself to be killed by Lottie oh, yeah. just because she was the fucking d- queen. Yeah. yeah. I think what? there might be something lightly supernatural going on. There's a symbol uh, that was seen with a skeleton in the attic of the cabin they're all in, I believe, was the first time we saw it. Uh, they found it on trees, and it is also on uh, cards all the present-day women adults uh, have been getting from what we assume is the cult of Lottie, which is how the yeah. first season ended. Yeah, do you remember how at the very end, uh, Juliette Lewis gets is about to kill herself and gets kidnapped, and then... Actually, I don't remember. Somehow, the words who the fuck is Lottie Matthews are uttered in connection with that kidnapping. I don't remember so, how that works. And Lottie, we never trace- met her, her present-day counterpart, right? Correct. We did not know that she was around in present-day, but we... I guess knew that she'd become she'd like achieved cult leader status in the woods as a teenager. Yeah, the the final scene of of season one is <laughs> Lottie with her antler heads on kneeling yeah. uh, with two of the girls uh, kneeling next to her. Uh, one's Van and the other one is uh, one of the names I don't remember. Nat? No, no, Nat. Nat well, wouldn't have kneeled by her. Yeah, uh, Taisa. Misty. The, Misty. Oh, Misty. Oh, yeah. Misty and Van. Yeah. Uh, Misty um, is well, the young. Uh, uh, What's her face? Christina Ricci, the, the blonde weirdo with the glasses. Yeah. Um, I can say without spoiling anything, there's some red shirts who were around in season one that kind of lost style. You'll start to see get speaking roles in season two. Oh, um, yeah. I can't tell really if that's worth it yet in two episodes so far, but you know, they uh, are killing off some people. They need to add some more into the, uh, into the mix. Let's see the case for it. Yeah. So here's, that's another lost thing is they're going to have to like promote some, some red shirts. I spent all of the first season once I learned that Shauna was pregnant by Jackie's boyfriend. Uh, remember that, Patches? I do remember that. I mean, she was... Remember Jackie? Remember what happened to Jackie? Wait, something happened. Oh, she died. Because oh, yeah. she sat out in the cold. <laughs> Wait, right? Yeah, she froze mm-hmm. to death. Yeah. She froze okay. to death. a dumbass move. See? Get in the house. See, you're, you're remembering. Okay. Yeah, she so I, once I learned there was pregnant, I'm like, uh, this, this series is building to They Eat the Baby. And very quickly, the people who make yellow jackets have said they're not going to eat the baby. Thank so you. So I was, I don't want. I that. was paying. But it's unclear where Shauna's baby wound up. Yeah, we don't know where the baby is. Shauna does not have the baby in uh, future time. Yeah, she, she has, has like a child. daughter who is too old to be the baby. I see. Well, super too young to be I mean, the baby. Could be like baby. Antichrist stuff, right? <laughs> this could be. Yeah. 
What, what, what do you I think mean, the I'm... Super... Let's just take a wild guess, Dave. I think they've said there's going to be like five seasons, right? That seems like a long time. They have a five-season plan, yeah. There was a five-season plan, they said, once they got I just don't think there's a plan season. at all. And I don't that mean like that with time. disrespect. I'm just, I will watch the first season. I'm just like, I'm not feeling Oh, no, I also here. agree. And also, I don't think you should have a plan. I think if we learned anything from Lost, Roll the dice. Mm-hmm. it's that you, you, let the, you let the show go and let it go where it needs to go. Your, your plan that's should be just most... improv game. Zip, zap, zop your way to the end of the, the <laughs> That's That's why I'm excited about Yellow Jacket season two is because this season is the first season they are making knowing that they have a minor phenomena on their, you know, mm. it's a possibility. So I would like to see what they think the show is going to be in this iteration. Mm-hmm. My, my prediction go... there is like Da Vinci Code-esque what moments in every episode it could, at the it end could of do that episode. it could do just like a character based sort of like mean girls thing and like carry it through it could become like no a way. weird fucking finance something because there is missing money the banker is the person who says who the fuck is lottie so it's like there's a lot of different ways it could go i'm very interested to see how the uh second season focuses on uh these various plot elements i would love for it to be something supernatural but i also don't know how hard they're going to hit that how supernatural uh, do you forward. think the show has the show set a tone for itself in the first season? Like, how hard could it go into genre quotes or like the? I mean, I think horror is pretty yeah. baked into. I don't know yeah. if you're talking about horror specifically. You're talking about genre, but like, and that is certainly part of the first two episodes as well. It's not. It's not leaning. It's not getting less gross in the second season. Do you think it will become supernatural in the present day? Like the present day has that been pretty walled off from all the whack shit going on in the show. Yeah, but maybe that, yeah. that I'm, what, that I'm less Jesus, sure about. Katie, anything from the first? I think maybe. I think it, I think I think you head in a direction that leaves more room for it than what was in okay. the first season. In the present, for sure. As far as the present, in the day present day, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I guess the the thing that in the back of my head that excites me about Yellow Jackets, the potential here, even though I'm, I feel like a skeptic about the show even though i enjoyed season one i will watch season two is i i I don't know i'm just like the the lack of a plan or the just like aping every uh, past television i don't know but the thing that gives me hope is my love for kill list like i feel like (laughs) kill list and how every scene was like turning something over turn like turning up a stone and finding something else underneath it and getting what more and more whack and then the final moment is when it's like what is this movie about um Good escalation, and may- maybe Yellow Jackets is taking its time. I hope that we can plot along. I wonder if it's hard to do, to do that as a TV series. It seems like it would be. People get really mad when they've invested in a TV show, and then it gets to the end, and they're like, "What was this about the whole time?" Right. Like, I, I didn't get that from season. I wonder one. if you can pull that off. Well, again, no. Java's watching uh, X Files, which she's watching for the first time. She's in season three, and very frequently she'll be like, "Am I going to know what's happening here?" And my most frequent answer is no. And then my second most frequent answer is once you get to the movie and she's like, what the fuck? When's the movie? And I'm like, after season five. And she's like, what the fuck? So there is a there is a possibility of uh, over overburning this sort of thing. But I do like that type of mystery show. If they could mm-hmm. keep it, if they could yeah. keep this running, I'm into it. Like, give us a season where they're in the woods and the next season, you know, they find the hatch or whatever the fuck. Like, I'm 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 in at this point. It hasn't pissed me off. Uh, I hope there's some mysteries sort of like some of these shows crazy do. time travel thing where the two uh, timelines get to coincide and they're all hanging out together. All the young ones. And Ooh, ones. that would be cool. That's how whack it needs to get. I will say the only thing we really need to remember 
going into this season, and I hope you both carry this with you, is that uh, Yellow Jackets is no longer on Showtime. Do you realize this? What? No, it's on, oh, it's on Paramount Plus? It's on Paramount Plus with Showtime, which is what Showtime has rebranded as. That is the official name of Showtime now. Paramount Plus <sighs> with Showtime. So please. I mean, I mean that's maybe confusing. Yellow Jackets will single-handedly make this work. You know? But last year I had to uh, <laughs> get a Sling TV subscription with Showtime to watch Yellow Jackets. This year, two extra dollars on Paramount Plus. Love that yep. for me. Call it whatever yeah. the fuck you want. I'm in it for Yellow Jackets. It was remarkably hard to watch for how successful it was last season. So I hope this only means better things for them. Yeah. It's back. Yellow Jackets. It's back. We'll maybe talk about it more at the end of this season. If it's good. If not, yeah. the Yellow Jackets. We talked about it. Wicka wicka. <laughs> oh, no. No, no. That's a bit. All right. <laughs> Guys, I have not seen Shazam Fury of the Gods. Is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. That is, yep. uh, well, actually, Shazam can you too. put the exclamation point in there? I didn't really hear it. Fury of the Gods! No, it's no, no, after no, it's Shazam. Shazam. There's oh, no Shazam! Fury of the Gods. You have obviously yeah. not seen Shazam Fury <laughs> of the Gods. I have definitely not seen Shazam, uh, but I'm told by its star, Zachary Levi, who's never had a bad opinion on the internet, that it's a perfect family movie. Matt Patches, should I have taken my children to see Shazam? This is a complicated question because ha- should you <laughs> have taken your children to see Shazam? Well, my children who saw Titanic, but again, like, I don't know that they, I still don't know if they would like Shazam, even though they watched I Titanic. I mean, the difference between this and Titanic, are there, uh, Titanic doesn't have hell beasts erupting from Philadelphia and attacking That seems scary. It, mm-hmm. it is scary. It is a, I mean, at least the first Shazam kind of sets the precedent here. I thought similarly that it was pushing toward the cliff of not being for kids. Yeah, um, a guy gets his head eaten by a uh, seven deadly sins in the yeah, fucking first Shazam. It's a little scary. Um, this movie completely it's scary sails. like the lights turning off on me. Just yeah, you, <laughs> what people don't realize is when we do this podcast at night, it's always going into this part of the evening when Katie's automatic lights just turn off in the room. She has never set it to change, so around the no, 10 p.m. I... mark when we're recording, your lights go off and everything is confusing. Um, yeah, it, but Shazam Fear of the Gods. I mean, let's back up a little bit, Dave. Shazam. Yes. Did you like the first Shazam, which was also by David F. Sandberg, a filmmaker that I have found myself going to bat for way harder than I ever would have imagined. He just has such a good Twitter and like social media presence. He loves making mm. movies. He loves talking about how he makes his movies. He he's I, I believe he's a Swedish fella who came over he did lights out that short film and that got turned into a feature film by james wan and um peter saffron who's now running dc films with with james gunn but saffron was already producing dc movies before that takeover and one of them was shazam so he brought samberg on he did shazam and samberg being a big geek kind of took this fantastical dc comic book character and also added his kind of horror elements in like was goofing but had big creature feature and family. And what what did you make of the first movie? Did you have fun 
With that, I think it's important to establish. I like the first movie because it has the things that you're talking about, and it balanced them correctly. I think the gaining of a family that Shazam does uh, really contrasts well against the fucking ridiculous history of Captain Marvel that otherwise has to be honored in these movies. Mm. So the first Shazam really worked out. I'm sorry, what? Captain Marvel has something to do with this movie? Oh, oh no! Oh, we get, oh let's let's open this oh. can of worms here quickly for anyone who doesn't. So in because... the late thirties, Superman was very popular. So a comic book company called Fawcett Comic made a Superman knockoff called Captain Marvel. Uh-huh. And when Captain Marvel says the word Shazam, uh-huh. he turns from a small child named Billy Batson into Captain Marvel. That's the name of the hero. Got until it. a whole bunch of light right shit happens. And uh, DC finally get like buys out Fawcett Comics, tries to revive Captain Marvel in the 80s. But by that point, there is a Captain Marvel in Marvel Comics. And they're like, the fuck you are going to call it Captain Marvel. <laughs> There's a whole bunch of back and forth until 2011 when DC launched with the new 52 rebooting their universe where they officially changed the hero's name from Captain Marvel to Shazam. So they are now officially the Shazam family. I'm sorry for spoiling the end of Shazam Fury of the Gods. I was about to say, is, this whole history Shazam. is a comedic bit in the sequel that kids love. Kids love the 100 year history of Fawcett Comics and the yeah. Wait, they call over. They all call themselves collectively Shazam? Uh, no, no. No. Well, so the, what do you call Zachary Levi? Well, is this he is also the joke in the new movie. He doesn't have a name. He doesn't really have a name. What? So you're not really yeah. supposed to call him Shazam because Katie, as you know, Shazam is the word that the hero says because it is actually an acronym about there the immortal elders Solomon, Hercules, Atlas, Zeus, Achilles, Mercury. Uh, that is the stupidest thing He has thing all I've the powers heard. of the gods, Katie, and he uh-huh, says Shazam uh-huh. because it is the acronym automatic trigger of his powers. It's and not his name. All kids know this. Kids because this. it is the power of the gods, they took uh, all the other Shazam villains that are traditionally there, and we're like, no, we're going to make new villains because you know who would be pissed if someone had the power of the gods? The other gods. And that's how we end up with Shazam Fury it's of the It's kind gods. of logical. It kind of makes sense. But uh, the big difference between Fury of the Gods and the previous movie, as you were describing, Dave, and the first movie is just a gentle blend of like family comedy, fish out of water, trying to do that Spider-Man 2002 thing of like, how do I even use powers? I'm just a kid. And it really felt like kind of a big, the Tom Hanks movie, riff. But for the yeah. superhero genre, and it was and it was light. It had dangerous, scary, David Sandbergian horror elements that felt again like that kind of eighties. We're just inching towards the edge of PG here, and maybe it's almost a little too scary for the young crowd. But it's like good to frighten kids. That was felt like the intention of the ghoulish monsters in the original Shazam. This movie, th- that movie should never have had a sequel. It should have ended with Billy Baston and his family getting powers and never being heard of again because there was no story to tell in Shazam Fury of the Gods. Or if there was, it wasn't meant to be blown up in this way that like the DC, I mean, the, the, the Warner Brothers meddling of trying to figure out how to make a gigantic superhero movie out of this very gentle, small family story set in Philadelphia, you know? city of brotherly love Mm. just love each other but no (laughs) now we have to have a gigantic fucking magic dome over philly and the gods descend and we have to have a giant movie that is just 
gobbledygook. It absolutely sucks ass. I hated every second of Fury of the Gods. I was ripping my eyes out. I was so bored, and it makes no goddamn sense, and it is too terrifying for kids. It is really scary. It's Ray Harryhausen times 100 in terms of just, like, violence and mayhem, but then it still has goofs that are straight out of, like, Shrek 2001. It is a... Ter- it, there is no comedy. So they think it's a family movie. They, I mean, yes, Zachary Levi, they as you mentioned, it's a uh, has been out yeah, there being true. like, kids will love this, and we did not promote it as a kids movie, as we should have. Kids would be... My five-year-old would be fucking screaming if she had seen this movie, and maybe even your kids, who watch Kate Winslet... Like, get banged in the back of the car with Titanic, and people fall to Again, their death in the kids, chilly waters of the Atlantic. Young kids do not care about sex in movies. No, they love violence. Clear about that. Um, but, but monsters are scary, and, like, yes, yes. there's a level of, like, violence and mayhem that I think can be, like, unsettling. Like, you want it to be really clear-cut. Like, here's a thing, and here are the, the rules and the safety that's around it. And it sounds like this is, like, really messing with that our, balance. Our colleague, Matt Singer at Screen Crush, wrote a, a great article after tweeting, uh, never tweet, Matt, as you say, um, <laughs> about how there were no kids. He kid, invented the phrase, never tweet. How there haven't been kids movies out for the last few months, except for Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, we all enjoyed. Um, it, it rules. And a lot of people were up in his grill after writing this article. Uh, being like, uh, have you seen Shazam? Like, could there be a more kids movie? It's not Black Adam. It's not anti-hero. He's not upending the DC universe with his mayhem. This is family. Balance this is the Shazam is back, uh, and they're all happy. I think, and it's like, I think no. Katie's kids would have more fun with Black Adam because there would be parts they could just ignore entirely. <laughs> well, then it's just like part part John of the movie Wickian theater experience is definitely going up. to the bathroom and like getting more snacks. So yeah, that's fine. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, Black Pop Adam has like Black Adam has zero stakes. Right. Shazam also doesn't have any stakes, but it feels bad. Uh, mm-hmm. Like the the thing I didn't like about Black Adam was it's like here's a fictional Arab country that we obviously shot in like a you know 50 foot by 50 foot square (laughs) that we could float Dwayne Johnson in and out of Shazam Fury of the Gods I agree with Patches it's very bad all the way through but the visual effects are done I love that fucking wood dragon at the end it looks great cool wood dragon Lucy Liu riding it doesn't look great but the visual effects of this are done flying around and like getting electrocuted and stuff by godly powers that looks good it looks cool It looks much better than I think Quantum Mania, even though Quantum Mania was trying to pull off more crazy shit. Shazam Fury of the Gods has some good visual effects, and it doesn't feel like it's on two sets. I do feel like we move around Philly a fair amount and to have like different places. Plus, there are all these non Earth spheres of existence. I could they have get used to visit. a bit more like Philly locales, like we act, we throw Shazam into the Liberty Bell or something like that, or. <laughs> Is David Buster's a Philly institution? I thought that was just everywhere. Interesting. I, uh, well, I don't know. I, I just think of it but as... It's a David the, Buster's in Times Square. I know that that's much. That's true. That's but true. The Always Sunny gang this. went to David Buster's in an episode, which made me think that it was more Philly than uh, other places. I don't know. Anyway. I'm wikipedia uh, this hey. while Dave talks. <laughs> I think it's... I think it's... Uh, I, I think it's too much movie that didn't decide on a direction that it wanted to go in so therefore by having an entire shazam family and three villains nobody gets served uh, especially uh the the main character because uh billy batson is a teenager and it's supposed to be his mind instead of inside of zachary levi 
but in this movie they only bring out Billy Batson for like the dramatic scenes, the unfun scenes. So what you have is a very serious 17-year-old and a Zachary Levi who's acting 12 the whole time and it does not He's not even actually 12 in any anymore. Sort of way. I, I I would disagree with that. He's acting like Ryan Reynolds now. He's just like doing that, fast talking. I don't We're saying the same thing. No, this there's the a difference picture. because there's like I actually thought Zachary Levi did a good job of playing a 12-year-old in the last movie, or like a, a 50-year-old, whatever he in was. The last he seems, movie, he's in the last movie, now. yes. In the last movie, yes, because he had material to match him to Billy Batson. We, that was one character. In right. this one, I, they're basically two separate characters, which feels There's no experiences for the kids. Like, the movie's too big to have a, like a teenage experience. There's no situations for and the family to be in. And his whole thing about being overprotective of his family members who are older than him, like, it's a very strange <laughs> relationship that he has in the setup here, which is Billy needs to now learn to, like, let go of his family and let them be independent. But the guy is 18. I mean, he should be having all sorts of weird feelings. And some of his family is older than him. He has an older adoptive sister who is just, like, still taking orders from the child it's a very strange it's, it's, but one of them is like also 10 weird and there's a, the opening scene is him at a child therapist or something he's at a pediatrician's office but it's full-size shazam talking about his imposter syndrome why is that not the 18 year old that's the person that needs to be having the fucking conflict here anyway shazam uh, the fear of the gods it's a mess uh, Dave and Buster started in Dallas, uh, oh, okay. and the people then. who started it and were co-CEOs were actually named Dave and Buster. Please uh, <laughs> cut my Dave and Buster's reference, and I'll substitute a "Why did nobody say John in this movie?" <laughs> reference. Ar Army Michael, that's Buster. Um, Patches, you and I both like Quantum Mania, which I feel is also wrong with is, is also like light uh, nonsense, uh, and Shazam: Fury of the Gods could be light nonsense. Can you pinpoint why Shazam Fury of the Gods is bad, but you and I both enjoyed Quantumania? I think there's two reasons. One we're getting to, which is, well, there might be three reasons here. One is scale. Like, mm -hmm. none of the family can be together. They actually have a huge um, asset in this kid, Jack Dylan Grazer, who plays Freddy. The mm -hmm. uh, He has Well, they know it too. too much, He transforms sadly, into he's... Adam Brody, but he can actually quip and, like, he, my favorite part of the movie is actually him and Jaman Hanzu, who actually gets lots to do as the wizard uh, mm -hmm. in, in, in this. And they, they have their only, they have like a beep. Returning from Black Adam. Oh, right. God, he did. Is he playing the same now. character in both? Yes. Yeah, he, that's well, the same wizard gets the same powers. Black Adam and... Maybe we should get into that at the end of oh, this. Oh God! Yeah, yeah, we need to get into the rock. Why Zach Levy After is so mad? After you answer the quantum media, answer the quantum media yeah. question, and then we'll go we'll, meta. We'll get there. I just think that there's no room for the family to be a family. All of their like the parents who were a bigger part of it, the foster parents, they had a big role in Shazam, like keeping that family together. Like, was there nothing to say about family in this movie? I find that to be it, it's all about Billy. It's all about his personal role when this. This franchise, not to be, like, dumb about it, Fast and the Furious about it, but it's about family, and there's no family in this movie, and I thought they stuff a lot of silly, like, Pedro has a coming out moment in this movie that is just so fucking hacky, um, and, and 
all no one has anything going on. I, I just don't care about the characters at all. And when you don't care about the characters in a character-driven superhero movie, what do you have left? You have uh, the action, which is, again, over the line. I just thought it was too vicious and too violent and not spectacle there's it's 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 gloop it might be well executed as you said dave like i think some of the effects are are polished but there's no geography and there's no thrills in this movie at <laughs> all um and then you have the we haven't talked about the the sisters at all we haven't talked about the villains and <laughs> the who villains. should be injecting something into this plot you get helen mirren you get lucy Liu, and you get Fucking Rachel Zegler from West Side Story, and it all looks like Who they said shot... she did this movie because she needed a job. I mean, she probably did need a job, and she's I'm okay sure she in the movie. They just don't have a plot. They they don't make any sense, and they're like back, stabbing each other in the back. And like Rachel Zegler shows up at the high school where the kids are. Why? Why is she there? Is she scouting around for like? Why is she posing as a high schooler? You're a fucking god. Come down from. Where yeah. Mount Olympus, wants, wherever you live, and just bu- fucking take back the staff or whatever nonsense you're She wants you're to get bullied, yeah. yeah. I don't know. She gets bullied in high school. Fucking zap people away. Why are you wasting your time going to home ec? She goes into a home ec classroom. I'm like, this can't possibly be part of the directive. Go get the magic stones or fuck what? I don't know. I'm just so mad. And like, it doesn't make any goddamn sense. And it's not quippy and fun. And yeah, I, I, what Ant-Man gets right is at least having... Beats. It has like momentum and it builds up. I don't know if Kang is perfect, and I don't know if the the visual no, effects are there. polished. But he's it, like, there. I get the movie why is he's based there. around Kang being there. I get yeah. why Paul Rudd cares about his daughter character. Like it all makes sense. There's there's absolutely no logic to Fury of the Gods. It's really a despicable enterprise on some level. Just caught wow. between words. I feel bad for David Sandberg having to make this movie that feels. Like he's run out of steam and he's being pulled in a lot of different directions. Well, I was very interested to see that uh, on Monday of this week, he took himself out of the running for directing any future Sazam movies yeah, on man. Twitter, which is a ballsy thing to do when you have that Twitter presence. Just be like, I think I'm done with superheroes for a while where like, yes, the writing's on the wall, but the writing isn't technically on the wall because this movie does have two post credit scenes uh, that suggest there's more Shazam to come. Or is there? Is this where we talk about The Rock? Let's. Uh, Katie, what do you know about this and what do you want to know more about? (laughs) I know that The Rap wrote a thing. I'm not going to look up the the source to prove it, that they were supposed to have something happen in the post-credit scene and then The Rock said that they couldn't. Like, Black Adam was supposed to overlap with The Flash and The Flash Shazam, and then he didn't and they had to replace it with something else. And that's why this is all The Rock's fault. And then Zachary Levi reposted it on his Instagram and suggested it was all true, but it's unclear to me if it makes any sense. Yes. Uh, okay. So what we know happened, according to this report, is DC, pre-hiring James Gunn, trying to save itself, as Black Adam coming out with a very charismatic, going to run for president as a Republican someday, the enemy, The Rock. And The <laughs> Rock and his enemyness is like, Black Adam's gonna be the new center of the fucking DC universe. And that movie has him facing off with the Justice Society. So they thought... Which is not the Justice League. Which is not the Justice League. Of course not. Uh, The Justice Society had Pierce Brosnan on it, and now no longer does. He dies in Black Adam. Don't see that movie, it's dumb. And so, at the end of Black Adam, there was supposed to be a scene where Shazam was recruited 
into the Justice Society. Mm. Presumably replace uh, Pierce Brosnan, who died. The Rock's like, fuck that. Black Adam's going to be the biggest thing DC has. Bring back Henry Cavill so that Uh. Henry Cavill shows up on behalf of the Justice Society at the end of Black Adam because I want Black Adam to fight Superman, even though Black Adam and Shazam are the same franchise characters. Black Adam fights Captain Marvel. They are created to be enemies for each other. Uh, But The Rock was like, no, I'm going to upset the hierarchy of the DC universe. He got Henry Cavill to come back. He got Henry Cavill to put on Instagram that he's like, I'm back. Superman's returning. Go see the movie this weekend. Like three days later, James Gunn is officially put in charge. He's like, it's absolutely not going to be Henry Cavill. And just everything got torn down. Shazam decides to reuse this scene. But The Rock, who's still in control of Black Adam, is like, I'm not going to let any of the Justice Society characters appear in Shazam. I still don't want that to happen. So the mid credit sequence of Shazam, Zachary Levi, by himself, not with the family, which is something he should have learned to do. He should always stick with his fucking family. But like Patch has mentioned, this movie's really bad at that. Zachary Levi, by himself, is approached by two cast members from the HBO Max show Peacemaker. What? And, and asked to join the Justice Society. And he makes the joke that you were making. You know, like, couldn't it be called like Justice League? What about Avengers Society? You know, a bunch of jokey things. Okay. That's one of the post-credit scenes of this movie. So they took it out of Black Adam, where it maybe would have made sense because the Justice Society <laughs> was at least in that movie. But also Black and Adam Shazam's and Shazam post- are, are linked characters. They are, you know, they Black both have the lightning is bolt. the nemesis of yeah. Shazam. So, uh, but The Rock was like, no. And then he, his no also rolled over to affect the end credit scenes to Shazam. Amazing. So rather than having these two in-between movies at least be connected, which a lot of people think might have helped Shazam at the box office, I don't know. I don't think that's uh, true. Yeah, no, is that, no, one really, no one really likes Black Adam. Yeah, well, yeah, so. instead, uh, Dwayne, uh, the enemy Johnson, uh, just depth charged both Shazam <laughs> and Black Adam <laughs> as franchises. And ruined it for everybody. That's awesome. Wow. And and then the setup, of course. I mean, there is hope for Shazam, I guess, because James Gunn put Peacemaker into the post credit scene. So and that yeah, he put happening. his wife into the post credit scene. He did. So and Peter Safran is a, a a David Sandberg guy, and he made this movie. He produced it. So and he's in the next phase. Uh, let's be clear about which the phase that is. It's called Chapter One: Gods and Monsters. Mm-hmm. Of course, and is. this one does have lots to say about oh, gods in their place. And it does have the final appearance of Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman. It does have so, that too, uh, which has been in the trailer. Wait, so Wonder Woman is in Shazam? Oh, yeah, Katie. so let's spoil Shazam. Oh, Here we go. Know that. If, if, you know, know. if you don't want to see uh, Shazam Fury of the Gods, and well, it doesn't matter. They put this in I the trailers before the movie even came out. Uh, so uh, Billy Batson slash Shazam, mm-hmm. even though he doesn't know that's his name, dies. He and dies. The only thing he gets killed could... and buried in the killed. ground, Katie. That is the so old... crazy. That is a crazy thing to show kids. He, he died. <laughs> God. He, yeah. He, he dies and he dies and reverts to his child form. So they definitely bury a child. Uh, oh, my it tur- God. It turns out the only thing that could bring him back is the power of the gods. But they're like, oh, we just defeated all the gods. We can't do anything. And then off screen, someone was like, there is one god left. And so uh with the power of 
Diana, uh, Shazam is resurrected, but it is adult form because again, you could bury the child, but Zachary Levi has to do all the comedy. So he shows up and hits on Wonder Woman. Uh, and then she walks out of the wow. franchise for forever. Bye. Wow. Adios. Obviously, she did not know when this movie was filmed that this would be her last time playing Wonder Woman. No, in fact, she uh, thought she... probably that there would be a Wonder Woman 3. Yes, at what this point, there was a Wonder Woman 3. bullshit end to that franchise. What? Like, I I'm, I'm guess I'm sure comic book nerds have talked about this, but like Wonder Woman was so, the first Wonder Woman was so exciting. And the second one sucked. We all know that. But like, <laughs> I just, it, it's such a problem, like how unceremonial all of this is. Well, technically, the first Wonder Woman was the second Wonder Woman appearance because she was also in BBS right. and was good enough in that for people to go. She was good in that one. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. And all now right. we're getting a full reboot of this universe with the Flash movie that comes out this summer, and we all have to Yeah, do I was again. just going to ask about the Flash the movie. Is the yeah, Flash yeah. movie going to be all this old stuff that doesn't mean anything anymore, or is it going to be all the new stuff? Katie, the Flash thing both? is the pivot point. Yeah, so it takes, <laughs> it takes the old stuff, Something is going to happen, and at the end of the Flash, we'll be in the new stuff. We're in the multiverse, Katie. That means you can start in I the see. bad place and go to the I new see. place. So even though the Flash was being made before any of this James Gunn stuff happened, it was always going to be some kind of fulcrum for what they're doing here. I think yeah, they had to flush actually, the Snyder stuff no matter what. The um, uh, I, I was reading an interview with Sandberg before the movie came out. The reason the Shazam costumes change and nobody mentions it is these are supposed to be post-Flashpoint Shazam costumes. What? When they were designed, yeah. When they were designed, they were designed to be part of the whatever the new universe Flash is going to like establish. So yeah, Flashpoint was always going to be a pivot point. But both So this of was these supposed movies, to come out after the Flash? Yes, originally. Both of these movies were greenlit before Avengers Endgame came out. It's <laughs> fucking ridiculous. <laughs> but here we are this year uh, reliving it. We had a whole... DC snap where just the production stopped on everything and they did whatever the fuck they the wanted. COVID-19 pandemic, but yeah. Mm. Yeah. But uh we're 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 back and uh we're we we're on the, the edge of pivoting out of the Snyderverse. I, and we believe the rumors that the Flash is going to be good. Do we believe the rumors? Why would we believe yeah, any I, rumor? I mean there I, like, I just feel like there are significant Tom rumors Cruise not in comic it. book world in like I've just I've seen it enough in like Hollywood world, not comic book world, that Holly it seems weird. like it is not good in Holly weird, uh, that it's not a disaster, which so many of the DC movies have been. I mean, it's at least marketing itself better than the last like three or four DC movies because it's got Ben Affleck, it's got another Batman and Keaton, it's got multiple flashes, uh, it's got a Supergirl. Like what what uh, what what is it? fun about those things whereas like shazam fury of the gods is like ellen Mirren and lucy Liu are here as characters you don't know about and then everyone's <laughs> gonna reference fucking superman showing up as a headless cameo at the end of the first movie in the text of the second movie this this movie needed to cut loose the dc universe much faster and it needed to focus on the family and probably should have had a different villain entirely but that is what it is shazam fury of the gods um don't see it I mean, when it comes to Amazon Prime streaming in a record 35 days after its release date, uh, then <laughs> you could definitely stream it uh, to see the cool dragon at the end. I think that's, cool that's where I end up. My it's kids cool might like the cool dragon. It's a fear dragon. Uh, last question about taking kids to movies. Patches, you're going to take your child to see Super Mario, which is the 
the only remotely kid-friendly movie on the horizon right now. I told my daughter today that there's a Super Mario movie, and she said, let's go now. (laughs) Yes! I think that movie's going to make a fortune. I think so. I hope I, don't, so. I hope it's good, I but think I think it will every be good too. I have no every child in America really is going to go see it. Chris Pratt stuff like other people. I mean, it sounds fine. It'll be fine. Me Charlie neither. Day plays all Luigi. Of, this movie's going to be a fucking masterpiece. All of the trailers are not disrespecting Mario, which is like what I was waiting. You know, because we've we'll been embrace. through this rodeo before. Oh no, this is we we the we been through the Super Mario movie rodeo before, and uh, what we learned is just do the video game, you fucks. Uh, that's that's actually the tagline on the poster. It movies are bad. Yeah, Super that's Mario why the, that's why kids can't go see it because it says yeah, "you just, fucks" on the poster. It says only. right right there. It says "wahoo, you fucks." <laughs> Shazam should have said that. It should have. That should be the transformation word. that does it for this week's show we'll be back next week david will be back someday in the meantime tell the people who you are i'm matt patches deputy editor over at polygon i'm on twitter at mr patches <coughs> i'm also on letterboxd at mr patches um we have a website fighting in the did we review the original shazam on the show i'm just gonna say yes i'm not looking it up maybe dave is trying to but i can't vamp that long yeah i'll, I'll look it up but uh we've we've probably reviewed every DCEU movie on this podcast. That's how long we've been doing it. Fightingintheworm.com. Uh, in uh, on April eleventh, twenty nineteen, for episode two hundred fifty three, Game of Pre Thrones. It's before the Game of Thrones final season uh. ended. Endgame Press. Just talking about Patches <laughs> going to the Endgame Press event, <laughs> and then we reviewed Shazam. Yikes! Yikes! I bet that's a quality episode. <laughs> I'm Dave Gonzalez. You can listen to that episode, which also has David Ehrlich on it. He is a film critic at EndyWire. You can follow me on Twitter at David Ehrlich. He spells it like his name. I'm Dave Gonzalez. You can follow me on Twitter at DA7E. You can email us at fitwr.podcast.gmail.com. And if you want more of my bullshit or to hear uh, what I was talking about with revenge movies, you can listen to Trial by Content. It's on the Ringer Network. It's fun. Uh, I'm Katie Rich. I'm sniffling into the microphone because here in North Carolina, there's pollen everywhere, everywhere. It's disgusting. Um, you can find me at vanityfair.com and on the little gold men podcast where this week we made our 2024 Oscar predictions, baby. Uh, it was fun. It's, it's low key. I promise. No one's taking themselves too seriously. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Katie Rich, K A T E Y R A C H. We're all on Twitter at F I T W R, where you can tell me other things about the Shazam and the DC universe. I didn't know because I didn't know anything. Um, or you could answer this week's lightning round question, which was in honor of John wick chapter four. What's your most memorable kill in action cinema? Thanks for listening. And we'll be back talking to you next week. I'll tell you when I'm done. Wonder what you find. Pooba pooba. Wonder what you find. My fair lady. I'm done.